forever. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell tell on the the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things that happen to you that you tell us about. Uh, And it's a comedy podcast about scary things. So think of the vibe as um, Joanne Worley. She's being chased by um, a masked killer, and she's making this noise. Yeah, I know who that is. I think she was like the voice of the the wardrobe in Beauty and the Beast, I think. Oh, good. Yes, yes, yes. She's got kind of a sort of a voice like this, I think. That's good. Sorry, I'm not smarter. Um, no. uh, yeah, today is a Wednesday and um, I thought it might be nice considering it is like, are we in fall? Yes. But yes. is it like? In that September, October, like if it if you still want it to be summer, it can be mentally like, mm. yeah. So I thought maybe it might be nice to hear some listener stories again because you can still have a campfire right now. You oh, know? my gosh, for sure. Like this, as I understand it, is usually good camping weather. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're we're still going to we're still going to read listener stories. So please keep sending them to us at scary story pod at gmail dot com. Yeah, um, and they're just too good. Right, because they're good. But yeah, the the whole the, you know. Campfire, uh, summer campfire stories might be over, but as we know, spooky isn't seasonal and campfires aren't seasonal yes. either. So take they that. They aren't. Okay, great. Um, so we have a, a lovely story for you guys um, from a listener named Olivia. And the subject line is, we need to talk about Judy. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Hey, Anna and Andrew. I hope you're still taking listener submitted stories. I came here to hear scary stories tell the dark, but stayed for your niche commentary and fun personalities. The subject of this email is Loki, a Twin Peaks season three reference, but also reference refers to my grandmother's name. Oh. Well, grandmother who's passed on's name. I don't know. Something about saying dead grandmother felt disrespectful to her. And then it's the emoji that's um, laughing with tears coming out of its eyes, <laughs> which I love yes. that emoji. Anyways, she passed a year before I started to get the calls. As someone who has anxiety, naturally, I never picked up said phone calls because one, I didn't recognize the number. And two, I was too socially awkward to hold a conversation over the phone unless I knew the person. Uh, Andrew, I have to say, I relate to this very much. Like, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day that like anytime my phone rings, there's a part of me that thinks it's my boss from the hotel I worked in six years ago (laughs) calling to fire me. (laughs) But from my current job, (laughs) Um, phone calls are stressful. Um, uh, Well, they started leaving voicemails. So naturally, I listened, thinking to myself, maybe it was someone I knew. The voice would be this older man's. He would talk about wanting to talk to Judy and how they wanted Judy to give them a call back. Judy was a nickname for my grandma. Sure, we could write this off as a weird coincidence, right? Well, the man kept calling me and leaving voicemails. At one point, I think it was every day. 
I don't remember the exact details. This was some six years ago. One day I picked up. Anxiety be damned. I was going to tell him that he had the wrong number and hopefully he'd stop calling. I said to him, sir, this isn't Judy. I'm afraid you have the wrong number. This is where it gets kind of creepier. He says, what do you mean? I've never called you before. It was the same man on my voicemail. I knew it was. And she called the number that had been calling. Oh, yeah, of course. I tried to repeat calmly as I could and added that I had been receiving voicemails from his number from him asking to talk to Judy. I also think one time it was his wife. (gasps) The man said he never called me and started to get upset. I think afterwards I hung up being too creeped out to deal with it on my own. I told my best friend and showed her the voicemails over video chat. Part of me still wishes I had those voicemails. There was something about it that scared me. To this day, I don't know if it was some older couple who simply got the wrong number or whatnot. The use of my grandmother's nickname a year after her death had me a little shook. I don't know if the two are related, but I'd like to think it would be a far more interesting story if they were. Sorry if this is too long or not spooky enough. Thanks for always brightening up my day. Olivia, happy Oh, face. Olivia, that's plenty spooky enough. Olivia, plenty spooky enough. Perfect length. Um, Andrew, this like this listener feels like non-confrontational in a way that I really relate to. But I want to, because of that, I want to reflect back to you that this is scary. Yes. Um, it reminds me of The Visit. Did you see yes. this M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. Where it's like just the fear and horror around getting older. Right. And like not having control of your mind, really. And I like know. being closer to death than the average person. It just is inherently sort of ghosty. Because um, like calling them and then they're confused and upset. It's like, oh, my thought goes to like maybe they they have memory issues or like got confused and didn't understand a call coming in, but could understand making a phone call out. Right. Um, yeah. I. I, th- there's like, there are so many layers to this. One is spooky. One is sad. One is funny. Um, but I definitely think spooky is the dominant thing here because of the unknowns, mm. you know, like the coincidence of Judy, which is like, which is like semi common, but not common enough that it wouldn't seem strange definitely. that shortly after your grandmother passes, whose name is Judy, you start getting calls looking for Judy. Especially if you're um, on a family plan with your grandma. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder, here's the thing. If it was just the man calling, I would be like, this is maybe someone who knew your grandmother and has um, uh, maybe some dementia or some form of memory loss. Uh, but the fact that then then she thinks, do I? did I understand this correctly, that that it sounded like his wife called once as well. She thinks that at one point that uh, adds a level of creepy intrigue to me too. I think so too. Yeah. Just like, especially an, an older confused voice on the phone when you're not Uh expecting it. It just, it sounds very quiet and at least in my, or very loud really could go either way. Yeah. It makes me think of back in 2016 when I was phone banking, um, I called this man. He picked up. His name was Dandy. And he sounded like, do you oh. know Leslie Jordan, Anna? I don't. 
He's incredibly funny. He was on Will and Grace. He's got, he's has an amazing Instagram. Um, and he just is this like little Southern man. He has this little voice like this. And he's, he's just, and Dandy, I was like semi sure was Leslie Jordan, but he wasn't. But what was so bizarre is he was in his seventies <laughs> or eighties and he just really wanted to talk to somebody, I think. Um, but there were like little things that he said that were very in retrospect, looking back, were like very eerie um, that makes sense because I think he was talking about telemarketers, but he was like, I had a feeling you'd call me today and maybe you'll call me tomorrow. Like he just had this like little funny voice. And I do think when you become older, um, anything you say that is even slightly nonsensical or mysterious can be read in a way that like, oh, that's so silly, a a part of getting older. Or it can add this allure to it of like, now that you're closer to death, what do you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, big time. Yes. That's, I know. It's like that that thin veil. Again, bringing it back to Midsummer. Bringing it back to Midsummer, as always. As always. Um, man, yeah, like, especially, I just think phone things are scary, too. Mm-hmm. Like, because um, it's it, a phone call, Andrew. Mm-hmm. A phone call is like a ghost. A phone call it's is a like little a ghost. bit of a person, but it's not. Yeah, but and they're phones, not there anymore. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of supernatural phone stuff, right? Where it's like there's the urban legend about um, getting a call from a loved one who's passed, and then you like drive by the graveyard, and there's been a storm, and the phone line fell, and the phone lines like over your your dead relative's grave. Oh, have you heard yeah. that one? Yeah. No. Um, I feel like there's a lot of that. Airwaves are scary because airwaves are ghosts. Sound waves are ghosts. Um, that's just science. Yeah, that's it. Definitely, they're waves. You know, <laughs> they're ghost waves. They're sound ghosts. Um, thank um, you for this one, Olivia. Thank you, Olivia. Um, please let us know if they call back. Okay, Andrew, we've got another scary listener tale. I love it. Um, this comes to us from a listener named Ben and the email subject line is squeezing a last campfire story before Labor Day. Yeah. Well, then you know what? It's a little bit after Labor Day, but again, we're saying it's still summer if you want it to be. Okay. (laughs) It can be summer and pumpkins at the same time. If you squeeze hard enough in your brain. Sunkins. 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 (laughs) That's me. Okay. (laughs) He opens with ma'am. And with that one word, I, the mean girl from swim class, have ruined your 29-year-old day when I try to walk past you at a Macy's. But I digress. (laughs) I've been listening to the pod all summer, and I would like to try and squeeze one last campfire story in before Labor Day. Sorry, again, it's after. Um, This is yet another gravestones in the backyard story. (gasps) Wow. (gasps) They they seem to delight you both, so here goes. Yep, you called it. Um, Gravestones in the backyard is like, a slice of pizza like it doesn't matter if i've already had one yes i'll, I'll have another also grave also also gravestones in the backyard sounds like either a um a type of dessert from the midwest or a euphemism for like you have a mole on your butt yeah yes yeah that would be like in fourth grade when your brow was showing and someone <laughs> say it's snowing in florida you've got some gravestones in your backyard yeah yeah that's how you know okay um A friend of mine who lives abroad but still follows local news from all his former haunts texted me a news story from the area where I grew up. 
The headline was Mystery 1736 Headstone in Tree Trunk by New Rhode Island Homeowners. Because in a I need more trunk? in a tree trunk, Andrew. Oh boy. Because I need more fodder to make the other girls in swim class cry, I immediately clicked, saw the photograph of the gravestone, and a wave of childhood memories flooded in. This gravestone was my childhood obsession. My aunt had moved into this rambling and groovy old house that she managed to fill with the best kind of dusty bric-a-brac for a budding queer to rummage through. Old fur coats, uh, an entire armoire full of loose beads in every drawer, (laughs) sheets of gold leaf in the woodshop. Okay, this is amazing. I love this. In this sentence, I I am every character. I'm the aunt. I'm the rambling and groovy old house. I'm definitely the armoire full of loose beads. Oh, Oh, this is good. This was the 80s, and my aunt was the artsy, upwardly mobile sibling, parentheses, think the Silver Palette cookbook and the first Martha Stewart Thanksgiving special, where she smokes a pheasant on a Weber grill and shows off her basket collection. Yep. Got it. I don't remember that, but that rocks. Yeah. The best thing about this house was its overgrown backyard with two particular points of interest, a rusty old circular iron fence that surrounded a bunch of weird plant growth, and not far from it a split trunked tree with a carved stone stuck in the crook between the two trunks. The stone was cracked toward the bottom, but it was firmly crammed in there. It had a circular carving that looked pretty witchy and some letters (laughs) that I couldn't really make out. My cousins and I spent afternoons making rubbings of the stone and trying to figure it out. I wanted nothing more than to stumble upon a mystery as a child, glimpse a a cryptid in the pond across the street, Stumble upon ancient ruins in the woods, dot, dot, dot. And this fits the bill. Uh, Or this fit the bill. We spent lots of time trying to make sense of the stone, and I am sure my mind wandered. But, and this was strange for me, all the adults made it clear that it wasn't a big deal and probably some weird decorative feature installed by a former homeowner. Flash forwards 20-something odd years, and I'm reading this news story in which a couple appealed to Reddit to find something out about the stone in the tree in their new backyard. Within hours, somebody got back to them, and apparently the stone is for oh the stone is for two infant girls from Connecticut who died oh. in a diphtheria outbreak in the 1700s oh. and somehow wound up in a tree dozens of miles away. What? <gasps> oh. What? The oh. infants? No, the the stone. Oh, okay. Wait. I guess. What? Can you read that again? Yes. There's some long sentences in this email. It's not a criticism. It's a fact. Yeah. Um. So they went on Reddit and within hours, someone on Reddit got back to them and said that the stone is for two infant girls from Connecticut who died in a diphtheria outbreak in the 1700s mm-hmm. and somehow wound up in a tree dozens of miles away. I think it's a stone. Okay. Um, so the actual stone ended up outside of the graveyard. Oh. Wow. I, I don't I don't know if there was a, it the stone ended up miles away, dozens of gotcha. miles away. It's a perfect New England spooky story. There's a link later, so I think we'll we'll get into it. Would love that. Um it's Christian link later. Shut up. <laughs> I immediately called my brother and my parents and sent the link and told them about the and told them about it. And suddenly my mom just starts spilling ghost stories about that house. Oh. Uh it says parentheses in a beautiful New England accent, which I feel a little pimped out and it's a hard accent to get right, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try. Okay. I don't like trying. Please. Here we go. 
One time your father slept over there and had a dream that there were ladies laughing down the hall. And the next morning, your auntie asked if she heard the ladies or if he heard the ladies. <laughs> Do you hear the ladies? <laughs> Anna, you're doing a great job, I will say. Oh, God. Thank you. Uh, your aunt, is it aunt or aunt in the New England? Uh, dep- I think depending on, it might be regional. I feel like sure. aunt. Aunt. Your aunt, your aunt used to leave ribbon and fabric out when she was sewing and it would go missing and she'd find it in other rooms. Your uncle used to dream about a little girl in a white dress. Uh, Feels like (laughs) uncle dreams to me. (laughs) Feels pretty canon. Take that to the grave. Um, So there's my quaint New England spooky story here's a link to the news story if you want to see the funky gravestone that was my childhood fixation um and then okay great it says he says not to read the address to keep ghost hunters away from the new thing so andrew i'm going to send you the link so you can look at it it's it's both scarier and the amount of scary that i expected like i was too scared I I like this one. This one feels, and I know we've talked at ad nauseum about this movie. The tone of this one I like feels um, in the what lies beneath world to me. Oh, interesting. Could because you could you say more? It's kind of poetic and chic, um, and scarier than I expected. Like those three things. Yeah. I think it's like about moms and aunts and big, nice houses and and drawers full of beads. That feels very um, Michelle Pfeiffer, like kind of trying to get her act together post empty nest syndrome when her daughter leaves for college. I could talk for a long time about uh, what lies beneath. I have in the past, but yeah, that's definitely the vibe (laughs) it's giving me. Good. Um, Do you see the link? Oh, it's in the Zencaster. Oh, in In the the Zencaster. Zencaster. Oh, great, great. Okay. I'm pulling it up now. Oh wow! Isn't that scary? Seventeen thirty-six. Okay, what this the and, image of this is a lot scarier than I was anticipating. Could you want to describe? Yes. Okay. So what we are looking at here is a cracked gravestone that, as Ben put it, the the circle is very witchy looking. It looks yeah. Very, it's got sort of like a six-petaled daisy in the middle, which feels. Little peggy. Yeah, kind of druid uh druid druidic. Dru- druidic. A little druish. <laughs> I'm druish. And then it looks like the name is Lucretia, which is uh-huh. a very spooky name. And Augustine. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna read the article just a little bit. Great. Um Lucretia Carew of Narch, Connecticut, wasn't even a year old when she died of diphtheria in 1736. Oh. Five days after her sister, Diadema three succumbed in the same way. Oh, God. They were early victims of a New England outbreak from 1735 to 41 of the highly contagious disease. Anyone? Anyone? Now easily prevented and nearly eradicated worldwide by vaccines, which in the United States are part of the uh, inoculations that people get as children. Um, It was little understood in colonial times. Um, Some New England families lost all eight of their children in a single month. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas Carew and his wife Abigail Huntington Carew may have taken comfort in giving their babies a beautiful headstone made by the skrill the skilled made by Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> made by the Skrillex. He also does that. He's sort of like um, yeah, he's sort of like Nick Offerman, where he he's also a craftsman. <laughs> um, 
The skilled craftsman Obadiah Wheeler, the oh. influential stone carver who lived nearby, who lived in nearby Lebanon, Connecticut, he chiseled the names and dates of both girls, the names of their parents around a central design, a flower with six evenly spaced petals separated by six circles all inside a large circle on a pentagon shaped stone. <gasps> Nearly 300 years have gone by since the girls died. Their parents are buried under a double marker in the old Norwich Town Cemetery. Alongside their parents and, and a sister is their brother, who grew up to fight in the Revolutionary War. Um, da -da -da, da -da, Revolutionary War marker. The small marker for the two sisters, however, is missing. At some point, a description of Lucretia and Diadema's stone was added to a list of missing grave markers. Just a month ago, these two Rhode Islanders, whose names I'll leave out, um, just in case, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, no, they, they went to the press. That's okay, right? Yeah. Rhode Islanders, Alison Palumbo and her husband, Christopher Mongo, both 29. Okay, homeowners, 29. Right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, Go. you don't need to be so loud. Um, Suspicious. Yeah. Um, they didn't know about that and they decided they needed, uh, oh, so they bought this house, a fixer upper, um, and then her husband is a photographer who shoots, uh, landscape wedding travel and stock photos okay. and they went to like make up their yard and, uh, they planned to remove the dead half of a double tree. Um, both trunks may have begun as one or merged into one. And then grew as separate trees, touching only at the base. Weird. That's very strange. Um, and then they're cleaning around the stump. They saw a rock that seemed to be growing in the tree. Oh. Um, was someone buried at their house? Had they bought a graveyard? <laughs> Which is my favorite sequel. I love We Bought a Graveyard. <laughs> it's really, it's funny. It's funny. It's just, it's good to see Millie Bobby Brown have fun on screen again. She's having fun again. <laughs> um, I should say all this is from the Providence Journal. Good. The good, website. Yeah. Um, they could see an inscription, a symbol, um, texted photos to her siblings and posted on a Murderino's Facebook group. You gotta. Oh, sure. Um, if you have a fixer upper in, in uh, Rhode Island and you're 29, you're probably a Murderino. I'm going to say, I think Rhode Island probably per square foot has the most creepy stuff about it. In terms of states. Oh, yeah, because it's small. It's and it's small. Creepy. And there's so much creepy stuff there. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, so in the Murderino Facebook group, they identified the symbol as a daisy hexafoil. <gasps> and someone there told her to get in touch with the cemetery commission. Now, Andrew, if you had to guess the name of the person who runs the Rhode Island Historic Cemetery Commission. I mean, I unfortunately, I think her name is probably Daisy Hexafoil. <laughs> she used to be in Rhode Island, but she actually she's an expatriate. She lives in France now. I feel like in, um, I feel like Daisy Hexafoil is currently a competitor on the on like Holland's RuPaul Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, and like the the outfits aren't quite there, but she's so funny. I know, it, it, it's because she's a cabaret queen. You know, it, th she there's such is. A difference. She doesn't belong on TV. It's about the connection with the audience. You know? <laughs> but now I'm curious. What's this person's name? This person's name is. Margaret P.G. Malcolm. No. no. P.G. Oh, is her middle it's, name? No, it's uh, in quotation marks. That's her nickname. Oh, okay. So it's P-E-G-E-E. -E -E. It could be Peggy. Oh. Because of Margaret. But it's spelled P.G. <laughs> Maybe it's P -G Peggy. P.G. is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We asked for your ticket. Um, okay. Um. And then she called Joe Jordan, one of the Washington County commissioners, um, 
And then that guy went to the house. This is exciting. Okay. Took photos and sent them to uh, the webmaster who put it on their webs, their Facebook page. The Greater Rhode Island Historical Cemetery's Facebook page. Wow. <laughs> Within 40 minutes, we knew it was the missing stone, Malcolm <laughs> said. Wow. <laughs> For the little girls. Yeah. Um, uh, they want to return the stone to the cemetery. They're trying to find an arborist who can extract the stone without hurting the living side of the tree. It would be about $1,000 to take down, um, which they don't currently have. So I guess that's why they went. This article is from August 13th, 2020. Hey, there are other things to give money to, but other, if this were a different world, I'd be like, let's get them there. <laughs> um, uh, it would be about a thousand dollars to take it down. And she said, I don't really want to sacrifice the living for the dead. About the tree. Okay. That feels like what the guy from the, like the boss from poltergeist said. Yeah. Oh, I know they need a pool. Uh, the creepiness of two girls in two parts of a tree are not lost on us, they said, but the house isn't weird. I certainly don't feel like anything is there. If something, if something is there, we want it to feel respect. Mm. Um, 2020 has been tough enough already, she said. This isn't the year to be poking ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, this That is a Reba McIntyre song. It really is. This isn't the um, year to be poking ghosts. Mama said. Um <laughs> But I should say that um, Mark Brown, the Warwick Commissioner on Historical Cemeteries, was the one who found all this research about the family, the girls, the carver in the stone. But one question lingers, quote, how this mystery stone ended up in a tree in South County is anyone's guess. Wow. Everyone, please get in touch. Thank you to, um, uh, let's see, Danita Naylor, who is a Providence Journal uh, writer mm-hmm. of that story, and to Ben. For um, sending this in, this is so good. Wow, what a what a lot of intrigue this story had. Yeah, um, and thank you, Ben. This is this is rocks. This rocks. <laughs> this is rocks. Andrew, how do you think it got there? Um, I hate to say it. I you know we think of grave robbers as being people who are plundering the body for rings and things. But um, I think with the craftsmanship of a lot of 18th century gravestones, there are probably like gravestone stands who wanted things, who like wanted wanted that craftsperson's work and maybe took it, like saw it and thought, oh, this is gorgeous. I'm going to put it in my backyard. Or maybe a relative like didn't want to desecrate the grave itself, but like wanted to keep the memory nearby and took it with them. I don't know. Yeah. Also, like if Obadiah Wheeler is like this famous stone craftsman, maybe right. someone saw this as like a valuable thing and took it. Yeah. Um, he was on the Mayflower, apparently. Oh my God. Did I make that up? I can't tell. I guess I guess um, that would make sense see. to be like, I'm gonna go to a new world where probably a lot of people are gonna die right off the bat because I, I design gravestones for a living. Yeah. That's my thing. Or his um his ancestor did this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say so, like, go to where the demand is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you gotta. We need more rocks. <laughs> um, yeah. If you guys listening have thoughts about how the rock got there or the the gravestone, please write in. Would love to hear it. Or just scream it, and maybe we'll hear it now somehow, like a like in the movie Frequency. Like you can hear stuff in the past. Maybe we'll hear you. Mm, yep. Yeah, yeah. Frequency or white noise. Maybe turn on your radio and whisper into it. 
Yeah. Maybe like in a, a count of three, like you guys yell what you think and we'll listen. Ready? One, <laughs> One two, two, three. Three. That is interesting. Thank you very I much. Didn't, I didn't hear anything. Did you hear something? Um, I heard, I heard someone say, uh, uh, buy my fruit water, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which, that might've, that might've just been someone on Long Island. Yeah, I probably will. Fruit water is huge out here. Everybody. People love a no calorie fruit water. Seltzer, not as big as you think, uh, sort of a fruit water, huge. Still fruit water. Um, well, thank you to our gentle listeners for these great stories sent in. It's really fun to, to, um, go back to that tread territory, uh, and keep sending us your stories. Please do. Um, remember you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. You Mm -hmm. can leave us a five-star review and rating on a tunes you can yeah. block the doors of the Supreme Court so that... Um, <laughs> that would be great. Sorry, no, that's not for the podcast. It's just something you can do. And um, I'm, it's something you can do. Yeah. It, I mean, no one can... We're not, we're not saying one way or the other to do it, but no one can deny that it is something you can do. Yes. Um, Anna, do you want to do a scary idea for things that could happen? I do. Great. You're at a local antique shop and there's a little bucket in the back past all the furniture and paintings and marble coasters there's a big silver color metal bowl full of buttons and a little sign says take your pick and you're looking through and they're mostly sort of moldy and sort of tarnished and it smells like coins and but you're going through and then you see in the middle of it is a glowing guitar pick and as soon as your finger touches it you're a rock and roll skeleton (laughs) rocking the cemetery and you're dead but you're famous That, that could, could happen. happen. <laughs> oh, you're dead, but you're famous is, I, I think, what most teenagers want for at least a month of their life. Probably. Probably. Oh, big time. I want that now. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Um, okay. Okay. I think I got one. You're on a little day trip where you just want to get out of your neighborhood, you want to drive around, you want to see something that's not your own backyard. And you get on a stretch of road that you don't remember ever driving down before. And you see in the distance a billboard. And as you're approaching it, it says your name, like in huge letters with no advertising, just your name in white letters and a black background and you're like huh and then you see another billboard as you approach it and this one also says your name but with an exclamation point at the end and you're like this is really bizarre and sure enough another billboard in the distance says I feel and then the next one says like your oh and then the next one says 
ignoring me. And you're like, what on earth? And before you can even think the next word, you look in your rearview mirror and there is a very annoyed billboard, an anthropomorphic billboard sitting in your back seat. (laughs) And it says, I just, I don't like, I feel like it's first of all weird that you maybe sit in the back seat. And also like, we're just not going to talk the whole time. No, no, no. That could that happen. Unfortunately, could <laughs> that could happen? I feel like a lot of my um my scary ideas for things that could happen lately have been about um uncomfortable social situations with otherworldly beings. You can't deny that it would suck. <laughs> it's hard enough. It's hard enough to have an uncomfortable exchange with a real human being. I mean, imagine a ghost or a clown or a billboard. Yeah. Oh, billboard's stressful. If you are friends with a billboard, that's just hard. I mean, they're always changing. They're hard Big. to access. <laughs> they're always changing, but everything they think is the most important thing they've ever thought. And it's <laughs> like, I can't, I don't think it's reasonable as adults for me as your friend to keep up with that. <laughs> I think well, I'm doing the best that I can. And if you feel let down by me, maybe that's on you. I want to know if something, please write in or take pictures. If you've ever seen a scary billboard, I'd love to see a scary billboard. Yeah. Or just any billboard. Write in if you've seen a billboard. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will say the scariest billboard I've seen is um, in rural Florida. There is a billboard that's been there for a long time that just says, prepare to meet thy God. <laughs> oh. It's just like, okay, oh okay. Oh, I thought you said the God. Oh, like, prepare to meet of God. what? <laughs> Of low, low prices for no, poolside no. furniture. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, Anna, this was a delight as always. As always, Andrew, it's been a delight. And uh, everybody else, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm. Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.